Previously on No Reserves Radio. Oh my god, Angelo. Come on. Have, have some self-respect. The Eagles can't hurt you if you don't if you don't constantly pander to them. Here's how here's the biggest indictment of, of Dame that I can say. Dame has been so like off this year that Ren went on live air and said Jalen Brunson deserved an all-star start over him. You are now Angelo Dudalulo. Do you think it is possible that the management of the Memphis Grizzlies are just buying into the reckless youth movement and they got rid of the one person in the locker room that probably was telling John to knock it off? Because um, he's taken advantage of me multiple times when I was younger. That sounded bad. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I think I think that's true. I think you're correct in that assessment. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of No Reserves Radio. Here with me, as always, is Alex. Alex, what are we doing, buddy? Hey, what's what's up, guys? What's up, Angelo? And yeah, apparently today it's gonna be the Alex Show, as you were saying, right? The Alex so, Show, yeah. It's the Alex Show. So it's a show that I basically pitched. So we are gonna go over the predictions. For what was our AFC and NFC predictions in the preseason. And then we are looking at the first... Wait, you have those? Shit. I have those. Yeah. Shit. Okay. <laughs> I dug those up. And then we are looking at the first ever No no Reserves Radio NFL mock draft. Let's go. It's the 1.1 that I did basically during like two hours in the afternoon. Because Angelo... Just said, yeah, we're going today. So yeah, the mock is done. I wanna ha- I wanna hear your takes. So you're just gonna rain on my parade on some of these. Some you might just be okay because you haven't really looked into these guys as much, like I didn't. And I I think it will be funny in the sense of I made this mock based on what I've been reading up on guys, what I've been reading up on teams, what I've been reading up on, like, for example, guys like Dan Burglar have their takes on these guys and what their teams should do. So I'm basing this out of what I think the team needs are. And in those positions, which players right now I feel are better based on what I've read. So the 1.1 will be this, or the 1.0 will be this. Closer to How the end of the offseason. does the 1.0 go? Like, is it just oh, the it's first just round? The- first round. First round only. Okay. We won't get okay. into, into the woods yet. But okay. it's going okay. to be funny to compare this to the last version that will come after I basically have done every single bit of research and have looked at every single guy in this class that I, I deem worthy, I guess. And it will be funny worthy. to compare both. Yeah, it's deemed worthy. It is what it is. So, yeah. If you have listened to this show before, you will know, and I have said it multiple times over multiple episodes, I generally do not start my scouting until after the combine when I have some information and metrics to look at, measurements to look at. So, basically, today, because the combine will be next week, yes. I am just a normal pleb. 
So I will be representing you, the audience, as generally someone who maybe doesn't know everything about the people coming out. Yes, you can basically make questions regarding the guys if you don't know any of these guys, and I'll I'll try to to give you some intake on what I've learned from them so far, and what are the main strengths and where are their weaknesses. So yeah, I think this will be a fun one. But before we get into that, let's look at our predictions. Okay, so I did the tally, mm -hmm. and this is what I have. So I'm always right, and you're always wrong. Yeah, I know. Ah. Not really, unless we're going to look. And I guess we can just start by yours. Okay, so you, in the NFC East, you were fairly accurate, I would say. You had the Eagles winning the East. They didn't. But you had them with a 12-5 and record, which is very close to what their record was, isn't it? I, I have to open up those records here first. NFL he wasn't records. Ready. Yeah. I have everything but this. Okay, so division standings are here. So you had the Eagles go 12 and 5. The Eagles went with a 11 and 6 record. They didn't win the division. The Cowboys went 10 and 7. You had them second and they finished up 12 and 5. So I think you were relatively relatively accurate here. You had the Giants at 7 and 10. You had the Commanders at 2 and 5 and 2 and 15. So, roughly the ballpark of what they achieved in the end. Uh, NFC North, mostly the same. You were on the ballpark on most of these teams. You actually had the Bears with the same exact record that they ended up finishing with, like a 7-10 and 10 record. So, you were right on that one. For the NFC West, though, you have some issues uh -oh. here. You have the Niners second. With an eleven and six record, and you had the Seahawks first with an eleven and six record. I don't know what I was thinking there. Yeah, I can feel that. <laughs> <laughs> Not even me, the Seahawks fan, was that bullish on them. I had them at nine and eight, the Seahawks. Um, but you were. You were better on the Rams than I was. I was seven and ten on the Rams. I didn't think they would be too hot. They ended up being ten and seven, and you had them at nine and eight. So you were very close to what they were there. Um, I had a pretty good assessment. Not on the Rams bad. I think they were going to be slept on, and I thought they were going to overperform. I didn't expect Puka, obviously, but that generally did happen. The Rams were better than a lot of people coming in thought they were going to be. Yes, exactly. And one team that we completely blundered it on was the Carolina Panthers. Lord, we both had the Panthers ten, uh, seven and ten, and the Panthers went two and fifteen. Yeah, and we both. I, guess I gave. So let's talk about at least. I don't know if this was for you. But this was definitely for me. The mindset I had going into that, which was the Panthers had just traded for the 101. They got a quarterback. And they had just spent a lot of money in the offseason acquiring like offensive line, acquiring defensive help. The Panthers on paper should have resembled more like the Jacksonville Jaguars post-drafting Trevor Lawrence. 
They obviously did not. They, they didn't come close to that. They did not. <laughs> Indeed. And, and to be honest, it wasn't just a thing from us, because from the groups that I was on back then, I remember a lot of people were touting the Panthers as a dark horse to win the division. I, I so, didn't think that would happen. but Yeah, but we were a bit bullish on them. And we both had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last in the division. And they yeah. won it. <laughs> yeah. That one is rough. I believe we both had them at a... Four and eight or something oh. like that. I'm not sure what yours was because when you sent it to me, it cut out that part. But I had them at five and 12. And you had them at least six and 11. So we were in the yeah. ballpark. And they ended up being nine and eight. We didn't do too hot in that one. Yeah, we didn't give. We did not give Tampa their just dues. We did not. Yeah, we definitely did not. But overall, in the NFC, I think we were okay-ish. Like in the East, I also had the Eagles winning it at twelve and five. I had the Cowboys at nine and eight. So obviously that isn't great, but we still like were in the ballpark of which team made the playoffs basically for the most part. Because in the playoffs we had the Eagles and the Cowboys, which is correct. We have the Niners and the Seahawks. We were halfway correct on that one. It was the Niners and the Rams. Yeah, and we had the Packers. I believe you also had uh no, you had the Vikings and the Lions. I had the Packers and the Lions. And yeah. then I had Atlanta and you had the Saints. So we were hot and cold, I would say, here. And honestly, I here's my hot take. I think my prediction would have been more right had Kirk Cousins been able to play the whole season. I think they would have vied for that, one of those yeah. last playoff spots. But I think so as well. All right, well, that's not what happened, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in the NFC, uh, like I would say, we got one, two, three, four. We had four right, both of us. We had the same four here, and then I had five in total because I had the Packers and you didn't. So we were okay in the NFC. In the yeah. AFC, though, we wow. fell we fell victims. Wow. Oh my God, we fell victims to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, we did. They hurt me again. <laughs> and it's surprising that even though we both had them at the same record, I had them at ten and seven. You had them at ten and seven. But you didn't have them making the playoffs. So we no, at least got not. that going for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the Jets making the playoffs at 11 and 6. And I think that, won. okay, again, yeah. I think yeah, that yeah. might have happened if Aaron Rodgers stayed healthy. Uh, I struggle saying that, to be honest. Uh, I don't think, I think that team had way too many issues on the offense for that to work. I think the old line would have been an issue all year long, basically. And the receiving weapons, I mean, most of them were acquired because of Aaron Rodgers. So maybe they would look a bit better. Most of them have rapport with Rodgers, not Yeah. So maybe they would have had Garrett Wilson there. I don't know. I I could see. Mm. We'll see, though. Well, maybe we'll Mm. see next year. Who knows? Yeah. If he comes back to any semblance of being good. But yeah, they finished at seven and ten, so probably two, three wins more isn't like super, super, super hard to achieve. 
Uh, the big mistake for me, and I would say I have three in the AFC, which were like pretty egregious. One of them, I really don't blame myself because it's the Texans. And you also had them at, you had them at four and 13. I had them at five and 12 and they ended up making the playoffs and winning the division. But the big one in which you were right and I was completely off is the Patriots. Patriots finishing up with a four and 13 record, like you predicted. And I said they would be eight and nine. (laughs) That is not an eight and nine team. Unfortunately, for me, that was very clearly not an eight and nine team. You believed in Mac. Yeah. And you believed in the Jaguars. You had them at 12 and five. I winning did. the division, and they I finished did. up nine and eight. Uh, they did. Yeah, they just needed a one win too to seal it, and get them ten, get them to ten. And I could say, you know, I was off by a little bit, but hey, I got that. Nope, they, they fumbled me. it. They fumbled bad. So yeah, the Broncos. We both were a bit off on them. I had them at nine and eight. You had them at ten and seven. They finished eight and nine. The Raiders, though, I think they deserve an apology because you had them at the, as the worst team in the league at 2-15. and 15, I And yeah. I banged the, ta- the table for them. I even said they would be 6-11, and 11, so it wasn't even that much. And they finished up 8-9. and nine. Right. I to think they fair, deserve an apology. I don't think they do because here's the no. to-be-fair part. To be fair... Had Josh McDaniels finished the season, I would have been right. I, I feel that in my bones. I feel that in my bones, dude. You're probably right. But hey, at least they got a good coach now. So. But what's your excuse? And I, I, I know I'm prepared. I'm setting myself up for this one. What's your excuse on the other team that you were completely wrong on? And I would say uh-huh. there's two teams that I would put in this group, but I'm going to get it. This first one that did make the playoffs first, but how about the Indiana Colts, baby? You had them at 3-14. and 14. I had them at 7-10. and 10. They finished up 9-8. and eight. Uh-huh. No weapons, you said. They would have no weapons outside of Michael Pittman. And that team is dumpster fire. That organization is a dumpster fire. Yep. So what do you have to say about that? That I would have been right. Oh, no. If Anthony Richardson finished the season. <sighs> they, got, they got a veteran quarterback in there. What can they I say? They absolutely did not. Gardner, Gardner Minshew is a veteran quarterback? They, he isn't a better quarterback than Richardson. No, but he's more of a veteran. I'm just saying. Oh, a veteran. I understood I better. With it. I, I, don't, I don't mind the disagreement with it, but there would have been more turnovers. It would have been sloppier at times, and they would have lost more games. That's my that's my whole case. I'm not saying Gardner Minshew is a better quarterback than Anthony Richardson. Don't take that from this. Take that as I think Gardner Minshew gets you more wins in year one than Anthony Richardson does rookie year. That's how I take that. I'm not sure if I agree with that, to be honest. I think Richardson 
would have probably netted them a win or two more just due to his skill set. Because what I saw from Richardson, I thought he was it was very good, to be honest. Uh, I thought I thought Gardner was serviceable. I think Richardson, if he had played the whole season, although there might have been some growing pains at the start, I think by end of the season he would be a much better QB than Gardner Minshew and ended up having a better record with the Colts. So what we, what are you going to do when we get to a few weeks before the NFL season and I predict them at the same or less wins than they had this year? You're going to say that they have less than nine wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I can't say much right now because I haven't really looked at the schedules. But I think this is a team that is in a division that it's wide open. And I think they can take a leap forward and have a chance at this division. So I, I, would, I would push back. I right don't now. have as much optimism as you. I just saw... I just saw C.J. Stroud take a fucking varsity team to the playoffs. That is the Houston Texans. And yeah. the Jags had to completely bumble at the end of the season for that to happen. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe I'm the Jags hurt me again, but I, I don't think the Colts have a chance. In the, the difference, in the though, is that now the Texans are, fa- are going from facing a They better spend some fucking money, division. dude. That's all I'm saying. They better spend some money. Yeah, but they're going from facing a, divi- uh, a bottom of the division schedule to facing a top of the division winner, schedule. a yeah, division win. Yeah, a winner of the division schedule. But to be fair, to be fair, they beat the Browns in the playoffs, and they looked competitive, especially in the first half against the Ravens. I don't think like there's only so many Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals for you to lose to. I don't think. That the te- the Texans are gonna I, if they spend money this year the Texans will be the same or if not better next year. Okay. That's just so when when they face those head of the divisions, it's uh-huh. just gonna be a first half game, right? Game is over I mean, after the hopefully. first half. Okay, got it. It was for it, it was for Lamar against Kansas City. So I mean, speaking of Lamar, now that you brought it up. <laughs> I wanted to mention that you had the Ravens finishing up eight and nine, less yep. in the NF in the AFC North. I have them yep. eleven and six, second in the AFC North and making the playoffs. They finish up thirteen and four. Yep. What do you have to say about that one? And I I want to remind you that when we had that discussion, because I listened back to the episode before realizing oh, that no. I had screenshots of that. And I just wanted to remind you that when we were talking about the AFC North, I Uh said that Lamar was due for a bounce back year to have a Uh great year. And I said that he would be a top three or top five QB in the the AFC. And you said no, because uh, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, and Aaron Rodgers are all better QBs. Then now the two-time MVP that should have been two-time unanimous that. MVP because no, he missed out on that one MVP. vote. He was one that man did God's work right short. there. That yeah, man doesn't matter what he deserved. I'm saying that he was one vote short of me constantly being able to call him 
two-time, the first ever two-time unanimous MVP. Thank God. And now I can Whoever say that it. one voter is, if you want to hit me an email, I got Because I'll of gladly, that one voter, now I can only nice say. You letter, a nice Christmas card, you know. Like, I got you. I got you. Not, thank you. Thank you. Not great. Not great. Overall, to wrap this up, you had in the playoffs the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets. You had the Bengals and the Browns. You had the Jaguars yeah. and you had the Chiefs. So you were. Think about that. I was completely right about the Browns. You were. You were. In, uh, actually, you were halfway right on the Browns because on that same episode, you said, and I tried to clip that to play it right now, but I couldn't. Oh, I didn't have the time. You said that it was the yeah the time because I had the effort to look back that whole episode back. That was before <laughs> me having the microphone as well. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. you said in that episode that the Browns would be a bounce back team because there was no way in hell that the Sean Watson could be as bad as he was the year prior. Yeah, and he might have just been worse. <laughs> so you ended up being right on the record and the overall idea that you had on the team but it took old man Joe Flacco coming out of retirement for that to happen yep yes it did and on my end I had the Chiefs the Chargers the Bills the Miami the Dolphins the Chargers yes 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 the Chargers um, are supposed to hurt me bro not you yeah, they hurt me here. Then I had the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Jaguars. Okay, can we give a mulligan for the Bengals? Because they finished 9-8 and eight without Joe Burrow for basically the whole season, okay? Yes. Like, they I would, would have been you, fine. They would have been fine. I would give you the mulligan on them and the Jets, probably. They would have been fine with, with Burrow a whole season. Yeah. So I should have seen the writing on the wall when Burrow ended the season hurt. So overall, you had four teams right making the playoffs. I had one, two, three, four. I had four. So, And you get the mulligan on two teams. I get the mulligan on one, probably. Because the Chargers, yeah, yeah the injuries and all that, but the coaching was the main issue. And the Jaguars, we were just both flat out wrong on. But yeah, just wanted to address that one because we we teased that a bit a couple of shows ago, and what I wanted you, what, to look. I back. haven't made decision obviously on next year because we still have a draft and free agency. But what would you do if I came out next year and said the Chargers are winning the division? I would say that you are dumb. <laughs> so, do you want that, Angelo? Maybe. Uh. <laughs> Maybe you can give me all the smoke. All of it! You, you get all the smoke. I'm going to grab some... Some new soundboard sounds. And I'll add them here for when you say that. Just like Dumbass Fleck. Or that one. You already got that one, That one dude. is very good as well. Yeah. We can use that one. Every time that you said the Chargers are winning the division, I'll use that one. Okay, and I guess we can wrap up this part because I just wanted to have a small introduction here and 
we jump into the meat of the show, which is the first round. Oh, before we do this, is there any news that you want to talk about? Yes, actually, I've... there's um, okay. one. Go ahead. No, no, go okay. for it then. Okay, the tidbit I want to say is that these are just rumors right now. So don't take any take it with a grain of salt. But it is rumored that the Minnesota Vikings are not willing to give Kirk Cousins a fully guaranteed contract, and he has been linked to the Atlanta Falcons. Thoughts? At the very least, he, he's likely to hit free agency if they're not willing to give him a fully guaranteed contract. I, I saw that, that piece of news as well. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins is a tricky one because I'm not sure if you know this, but he never played a single season without a fully guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wild to me. And now he's facing that for the first time and coming out of an injury. I think it will be difficult for him to get a fully guaranteed deal unless it is for lower money. But the Vikings just seem very... not going to say cheap, but they are being careful with their money because reportedly they are also not super happy in giving a huge amount of guarantees to Justin Jefferson past the first season. I heard that being reported. Yeah. What? I saw that being reported. I'm going to say that if it was not yesterday, it was Sunday. Bro, I swear to God, if the Vikings fumble the bag on Justin Jefferson and they lose him, two free agents, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a massive It's not hard, bro. Here's a blank check. Fill it out. Thank you for being on the team. Yeah, but apparently he wants input on the QB, which he probably should have. Um, Absolutely! He wants a massive deal, and he wants that massive deal to be loaded with guarantees, and the Vikings are not super eager to give those guarantees outside of the year one. So that seems to be a very tricky situation. I swear to God, if, man, listen, if Justin Jefferson... Hits for agency. I don't give a fuck what the Bengals cap space is at the time. If they don't, they better fucking go out and get him just to pair Jamar. Jamar, imagine Jamar chasing Justin Jefferson just together. Yeah, with Joe Burrow. Yeah, yeah. Never saw that but, before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, never. Especially not in 2019. No, didn't happen. <laughs> but a more realistic team. But man. I'm trying to think of a team that would just offer a, a just park the Brinks truck to get Justin Jefferson. It would have to be a team pretty close. All right, it would have to be a team. For example, Do you think uh, I don't think they are. They're not Oakland, but Las Vegas. Safe. Las Vegas. Yeah, now. I'm not sure if they are too safe in terms of cap space. So I would think. What if one what if team... Carolina did it? Yeah, Carolina, for example, would work. Uh, what if the Patriots would do oh, it? Oh, God. No. <laughs> Don't do it. No, I think I think it would be... It would have to be a team that has their books mostly in order. That... Oh, the, you know what? The Texans. The Texans would be really good. Do you know what would, would break the well. league? What? Kansas City, that would break uh, yeah. the league. I that don't would think absolutely... they have. The... I don't think they have the facilities for that. I don't think they do either, but that would absolutely break the league. 
one sneaky team that has recently like got their books in order somewhat of a way that they could make a push after making a push for plenty of free agents and has now cleared some of that it's the Rams Rams oh no the Rams would be interesting like right now I'm not looking at the salary caps but from the idea that I have in my head I think last season it was a year of like cleaning the books for the Rams taking that money and all of that the void money that they got from like the, um, the huge amount of restructures and getting crazy free agents in town for the Super Bowl run that they had. I think now it's the year that things start to open up a bit more. So those would be fun. I'm not sure if it's even realistic, but those would be fun. But yeah, regarding Cousins to Atlanta, I'm not so sure because I'm not sure if Atlanta can afford it, the fully guaranteed deal. And I think, I think he likes being in Minnesota from where I read. And I think Justin Jefferson is likely interested of having him as a QB uh, instead of like another veteran coming. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Instead of like another veteran coming in that isn't as good or a rookie, I'm sure that Justin Jefferson would rather have the guy that he has the the experience and the report with. Yeah. I'm going to absolutely break your heart with this one. Break it. He goes to Arthur Smith and the Steelers. No, that's that's reserved for t- Ryan Tannehill, isn't it? <laughs> that's what I've heard of, at least. Oh, I was talking about Justin Jefferson. So he can, oh, so Justin he can Jefferson. You, so he can let you down again. Oh, can you, you can only imagine, like, Justin Jefferson, Ryan Tannehill... All in the Steelers. I would, I, would, I would like go into like a corner and cry for multiple days. I'm not gonna lie. Right. You know what they should bring in if that's the case? Have them be like, I don't know, the assistant to the OC, Matt Canada. <laughs> Rile up the gang. Just bring out all of the naysayers oh, and all of the oh, all of the shitty coaches. <laughs> Just round know, them up. I'm there. actually thinking about it and why would the Steelers not be a good position for Kirk Cousins? Hmm. Um, they have the weapons. The I offensive mean, they, line has been improving steadily. They have the defense for sure. I think the only issue there is that in a scheme with um, Arthur Smith, I think it would be more interesting to have a QB with some rushing upside. It doesn't need to have to be like a full running QB, but someone that can use their legs and move around a bit. For example, that's why I mentioned the Tannehill in which he has the report back in uh, in Tennessee. So that's just the one thing that I think doesn't match super well because the run schemes and all of that, it's a bit dependent on the QB having some say and having to and being able to take some of those five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, for example, yard rushes. That tenant right, right, takes right. so well. Right, and absolutely, absolutely. But the problem is when are you gonna pass it? When are you gonna when Arthur Smith says you pass it? Right, right, right. But he doesn't have John o. Smith anymore. Oh, I think can get him in. Oh yeah, okay, okay. 
Yeah. They can just get him. So, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sure he's going to get cut. Oh, God. He, he can go back to his master, his overlord. <laughs> the Steelers would be an early favorite, I'm not going to lie, if he... <laughs> okay. So, any other piece of news you want to talk about? No. No? Nothing else that caught your eye? Is there something that caught your eye? No, no. I was looking at some of the tweets that I had saved, but nothing really into the news here. So, yeah. I think we can just jump it out. No, of course, it's it's a slow day of news right now. Slow few days of news right now. So, we can just jump straight into the first ever NFL No Reserves Radio mock draft. Oh, okay. So... Just a few ground rules here. So no trades, first round only, and I basically controlled every single team. And what I did here was look at the team needs, look at the players, look at how usually the team drafts, look at the new coaches that they have in place and what schemes they usually try to run, and look at basically everything that I've been reading up on players. I usually, like in this early stage, I, I read up on Dan Burglar a lot. So that's my go-to right now. He is a writer for The Athletic. Um, and yeah, this is the first round, and I, I want to have your intake here. So 101, the Chicago Bears. No yep. surprise to anyone else, but they get Caleb Williams. So here's a question. I understand Caleb Williams is the consensus 101, and... I'm sure when we get to talking about him and evaluating him, we're going to talk about performances against uh, the big name schools. But ignoring all of that, do you? What is your chances that they go with like a Drake May, a Jaden Daniels, a JJ McCarthy? Like, is it Caleb Williams or bust, or is there an argument to, to be made for another quarterback? Uh, at 101, I think it's Caleb Williams or bust. If they move out, uh, some people have been making arguments for Drake May, but right now I'm not so sure if that's not just prospect fatigue. So I would say if they stay at 101, it has to be Caleb Williams, just based on all of the baggage, not the baggage, but all of that he has been bringing up to the table and the amount of time that he has been talking about and generational tag, all of that, you basically need to take him at 101 at this point. If they move out, uh, then that shows to me that there were some inclinations of going to another QB. For example, if they moved to two with Washington, Washington making the move to get the hometown guy, um, that would mean that the Chicago front office has a debate between which guy they take. Um, and if you told me, like, I don't know, oh, in a blank space, I think there's a debate when you're actually sitting at the clock at the 101. I'm not sure if that's a debate you can have and keep your job because then you're looking at the decisions like if you pass on the guy that has been thought as, as generational and you pick a guy like Drake May, who has been very good but doesn't have that tag around them. And Caleb Williams works out, you're toasted. Yeah, for sure. 
So if you stay at 101, I don't think there's there needs to be any sort of decision. It's Caleb. Okay. So I pulled up a CBS mock just to give something to comparison. Okay. And they have Caleb Williams at one, I hope. Yes, they do. Perfect. Okay, so second overall, I have the Washington Commanders taking Drake May. And to mm-hmm. me, the decision between May or Daniels isn't particularly mm-hmm. close, to be honest. I think May is the pick from everything that I've been reading up. Although Jaden Daniels has a few positives here, I think May is a full package and is someone that can be compared to, I think the best comp so far that I've been seeing is just Justin Herbert, to be honest. He's built a bit like Justin Herbert. He's like 6'4", 230. Of course, he hasn't been the combine yet, but this is the numbers that we have access to. But I mean... He just has a cannon of an arm. His pacing is great from all I've read. Uh, his arm is great, to be honest, in terms of like ball placement. He, he reads through the through the field pretty well as well. So I think he has all the physical gifts to succeed in the NFL. And I think he is no doubt the 102 in this class and the second best QB in this class. But what does your mock there say? Jaden Daniels. Oh. So, yeah, there has been some Jaden Daniels hype. And I want to read you a stat here regarding Jaden Daniels that is interesting because I think he's going to be one of those guys because Jaden Daniels is a very physically gifted athlete. No. Here's an interesting perspective that um, CBS gave, and I want to get your thoughts on this, because the reason specifically they went with Jaden Daniels is because they said that the commanders recently hired Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Is that correct? Yes. Or is he there? Okay. And Kingsbury's system works better with a dual threat quarterback so that they can spread it out and he can run. So what do you think about that as far as a scheme fit that maybe they go Daniels for the scheme fit, not that he isn't more less talented than Drake May? I think as a scheme fit, Jaden is probably a bit better. Although Drake May can can run, like he isn't just a statue. I think his combine numbers will be decent. Uh of course not to the level of a Jaden Daniels, who is like just a crazy athlete. I just think that the difference that I have in both QBs at this moment in time, I think they're in completely different tiers. So I wouldn't use the card of scheme fit in this situation. I'm using it more when the talent is closer. Mm -hmm. Um, So right now, I would say that even with the scheme fit, even with the the Kingsbury scheme uh, and the the type of athlete that Jaden Daniels is compared to Drake May, I would still say that Drake May is right now my second best player in this draft and the second best QB in this class. Is the Jaden Daniels-Drake May comp Justin Fields-Zach Wilson 2.0? Uh, I think Drake May is a better QB, and, and I think Wilson? than Zach Wilson, and I think Jalen Daniels is a better QB than Justin Fields. Okay. And I want to read you the stats: Power Five QBs who posted big time throw rate over eight percent 
and turnover worthy play rate under 2% in a single season on at least 300 drop wrecks since 2014, so in the past 10 years. Yep. There's only one guy, Jaden Daniels. Interesting. Yeah. And you think so, there's a gap? Do you think there's a whole tear break between him and Drake May? Yes. I think Drake May would have been the 101 last season. Interesting. I'm really high on Drake May so far. Now, I haven't even looked at a whole lot of tape, but from everything I've been reading up, if the eye test passes for me, I'm going to be a big Drake May guy. <laughs> and you're probably going to be a, gay, a big Jaden Daniels guy, especially for fantasy. We shall see when the combine results come out. Yes. He also is an LSU quarterback, and I seem to have a soft spot for LSU players. So this, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this probably will be a thing. Yeah. So third overall, it's the Patriots. And this one has a lot of decisions here. So I think the easiest one is to say Jaden Daniels because they yes. need a QB. And Jaden Daniels would tweet that. But the Patriots pick, I'm not sure if it's Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels it, is not a Patriots quarterback. I'm just it is not a Patriots quarterback or a Patriots pick. Now, this is not the same Patriots that we had for the last 20 years. Now, most of the guys in that in that coaching staff are still there from when they were with Bill. Yes, and that's... I actually have a spicy take on this one. But I'm not sure if they're going to keep drafting the Patriots way or if they're going to change it up. But in this mock draft, I have them going the Patriot way. So I took Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame. That's that's a great, that's a great, 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 great prediction. So my hot take was actually they were going to trade down and get one of these offensive linemen, or they were going to take one of these offensive linemen, top three. Okay, so we were so, in sync here. Yeah, yeah, we're in line pick. with that. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's the best tackle in this whole class so far, um, and they need tackle because the def- the offensive line was pretty garbage. So Joe I Alt think- actually isn't um, CBS's top rated offensive lineman. Yeah, there's some people who have it as Fashanu. I believe that's Sean, how you yeah. say his name. The Penn State yeah. Tackle, yes. Yeah. From everything I've been reading up, I think he's better. Joe Alt, I think he's more complete. And he, I think he's great. Um, he's just a great athlete. And he has great natural ability from everything mm-hmm. I've been reading up. And I think he's more complete of an offensive lineman and a better tackle overall. Now, it can change, of course. And that's why I think it will be funny comparing this to the last version. But right now, I think it's Joe Alt, and I would agree with you. I, if I had trades enabled, I think they would trade out of this pick. And I've been, I've been listening to some rumbles that they might. Here's a question. Here's a question. If CBS is right and the Commanders go Jaden Daniels, do you think because Drake May is a Patriots Patriot looking quarterback? QB. Yeah. Do you think, think they it... go Drake May if he falls here? I think so. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. Okay, pick four. 
this is probably like the top five outside of Joe Alt seem to be like very whatever right now. So it's it's just I'm not I'm missing the word right now. It's stuck basically. It's it's what most people have been saying. Apart from Joe Alt. At four, it's Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep, they have that here. Doesn't too. yeah, doesn't really they change even say here it's for a me. No-brainer in their yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, is the top three player in this class to me. So the only guy that I would have above him outside of Caleb is Drake May. So I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is no doubt they the actually, pick here. They actually, so what CBS is doing, they actually do a positional and a prospect rank. So positional is obviously based on your position and prospect yeah. is just overall. They actually have Marvin Harrison Jr. as the best prospect Player. overall in this class. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, Burglar has him as the second best player. Behind Only behind Caleb. Caleb, Caleb yeah. Yep. So it's in sync. Like he's a he's a top player in this class, and it's it's a no brainer. Like they need wide receiver. He's the best wide receiver. Possibly. What would your take be? What would your outlook be on Marvin Harrison if he is selected to Arizona? Oh, I think for fantasy, it's all wheels up. I okay, think he would just be right sure. there. I, I yeah. agree with that. I'm just making sure. I think it's probably the best landing spot mm-hmm. out of any of the top five, I would say. So, nothing much to say here. They need wide receiver. He's the best wide receiver, and he falls straight into their lap. They get a steal. That should be a guy that in most classes goes as the 101. Here he should probably go top three. The Patriots jump on him, jump out of him, and the Cardinals get him. Yep, Straightforward. At number five, you're going to like this one. Brock Bowers to the Chargers. You're not going to like where C- I looked where CBS had Brock Bowers going. You're not going to like it. Is it outside of the top 10? It's outside of the top 15. Oh, that's a big blunder. I think Bowers <laughs> is for sure going inside of the top 10, likely going inside of the top seven. And I think he goes to the Chargers at five. I think Chargers five go Brock Bowers. Okay. Uh, yeah, why? I think so. Because I think there's a coaching scheme fit here mm-hmm. um, with Harbaugh, who utilized, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Vernon Davis a whole lot when he was with the 49ers. He did. He did. Yeah. So even with uh, Michigan, I think the tight end was always a bit useful to them. And I think... It was. Marvin Harrison out of the equation and the decision is between Brock Bowers and Malik Nabbers. I think Bowers is the guy who probably gets the nod here because the tight end position, they've been struggling for a bit uh, between Parham, Everett, all of those guys. They have been looking for more of an help at tight end. And although wide receiver, Keenan Allen is a bit older, uh, Mike Williams struggles with injuries and Quentin Johnston is Quentin Johnston. Now it's Quinton Johnson. I think the tight end is going to be more helpful to them because, again, much like Pitts, he is not a usual tight end. He's an offensive weapon. And I think he fits a mold that they need there of a player that can do a bit of everything and can be very useful to them. 
So I do have a question for you just on the Harbo pick because I actually do agree with what they're so the pick is actually Fashanu. And I kind okay. of agree with the logic on the pick, saying that Jim Harbaugh teams are generally predicated on physicality. And and that makes sense. When he was with the 49ers, the offensive line in the front seven on the defensive side was the focus. When he went to Michigan, the first thing he rebuilt, the offensive line in the front seven on the defense. So with that said, do you not believe the Chargers with the number five pick are going to go with an offensive lineman or a edge rusher out of this class? Edge rusher, I don't think so. Uh, tackle, I can see it being the case, but I think they need offensive help more in terms of weapons because Keenan Allen isn't long here in this team. And Bauer says a bit of everything that they need. He has the short area burst. He has the long speed. Uh, he makes great cuts, very, very fast cuts, very quick cuts. And he is he has great hands, to be honest, in my opinion. Um, he's also very physical. And his athletic traits, I think, will show in the combine that he, he are just through the roof. So I think he's a guy that, although he isn't great at blocking because he doesn't have the size for that, I think he's a guy who can do a bit of everything and can do a whole lot that they needed from last season. And I think that they have the pieces on the offensive line to help them out already and build the scheme that Ch that Harbaugh wants. Plus, this draft class is, from what I've been seeing so far, very deep in the offensive lineman department. So I think they can target that in the second and third round if needed. While a guy like Brock Powers, which I think, again, I think he's a top five talent in this class. So a guy like Powers doesn't really pop off that late in the draft, in my opinion. On to the next so one. It's like not getting cute, just taking the guys who are the best here. And I think Bowers is a top five, and Fashanu, for me, is closer to 10. So the difference isn't huge, but I think you take the best player available. And at six, speaking of best player available, I have the other guy who closes out my top five, I believe. That's five. Uh, no, the guy who is at six, because I have Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Marvin Harrison three, Joe Alt four, Brock Bowers five, and the sixth guy goes to the Giants, Malik Nabbers. And I think Malik Nabbers. If Marvin Harrison Jr.'s name wasn't as big, and I know you got into this a bit uh, in other episodes, but I think if his name wasn't as big and his hype wasn't as big, in terms of talent, I don't think there's a glaring difference between Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Nabbers. Yeah, I generally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. You you've been mentioning a lot of it, and wide receiver is the first position that I've been looking into in terms of like watching film, and I didn't watch a whole bunch, but Malik Nabbers seems like a special guy. 
to be honest. He's explosive as heck. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he has an FBS best, 34 catches of 20-plus yards in 2023. So, I mean, just his speed is through the roof. He wins on slot fades. He wins on -on one-on-ones. Like, even in jet sweeps, like, more of a tricky plays. He's great on that as well. Mm -hmm. I think... He's great, to be honest. And I think the Giants really need wide receiver help. And they get a big one here in Malik Navers. So, does the landing spot of the Giants concern you at all for Navers? Because I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, yes, this makes a lot of sense. The Giants haven't had a good wide receiver in what feels like eternity. And there's just something that is like, Making something sink in my stomach about this pick now. Not that it's the wrong pick. Not that Malik Nabbers isn't talented. But there's just something fishy that feels wrong about the Giants taking Malik Nabbers. Do you get that feeling or no? I'm just being crazy. I understand that. But I think this QB class is... I'm not going to say deep enough because I don't really love the talent. But I think they are to the point in which they will be able to get a QB that looks serviceable to them and can be developed to look pretty good in the second or third round. So uh, I know the issue is probably the O-line is trash, the QB isn't great, but I think Malik Navras is a guy that can really get through that, much like Jamar Chase did for okay. the, the Cincinnati Bengals in terms My... of being able to get open super quickly and easing off that pressure from the QB. So um, my memory's a little bit foggy. Did the Giants completely revamp their staff or wait, no, they kept the head coach and they basically fired everyone else. Is that is that correct? Yes, I believe that's correct. I'm not sure if they got rid of the OC. So not sure if my cough okay. Then I can see it. I was about to say, because if they got the head coach, I was about to predict the Giants selecting J.J. McCarthy here. Hmm. No, J.J. McCarthy, I have him. J.J. So that's actually something I wanted to talk to you about, because Cameron actually sent me a tweet, and I forgot who it was from, but someone inside of MFLGM, and this could just be, this could be bullshit, dude. This could be complete bullshit. But... Apparently, there are a lot of people in NFL circles high up that have J.J. McCarthy as the second-best quarterback in this draft behind Caleb Williams. What's your take on that? His agent should get a raise. His agent should get a raise! (laughs) That's mind-boggling to me. And I understand that that Michigan offense... Like, didn't really lean on him a whole lot, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he wouldn't be able to lead them because when they needed them in those situations, he came, he came through and he finishes as a 27 and one as it started with Michigan. So when they need the place from him, he executed. So I think, especially on third and fourth down. So I think there's some merit to that. I just don't think he is that great, to be honest. Like, I don't think he's a polished product at all. I'm not sure if I'm going to like his measurements. Right now, I've been seeing 6'3", 196, which isn't great for a guy like that. 
I think his athletic tar- talent is okay, and I think his arm is okay. I think it translates to the NFL at somewhat of an okay to decent level. But I'm not sure if I would say top two. I think Drake May has much more of the intangibles and much more of the physical gifts to be the top two guy outside of J.J. McCarthy. What I'm starting to learn, the more I research into this class before any like combines or any physicals have been you know official is that there is no consensus 102 as far as the second best quarterback in this class there are going to be people on the Jaden Daniels camp there are going to be people on the Drake May camp and there are going to be people on the JJ McCarthy camp so in that I guess scenario case this is going to be an interesting like evaluation season I think that's likely because, as I mentioned before, prospect fatigue. Because I think Drake May is him, to be honest. And I think he's, he's going to be a, one of those guys. And I can't be wrong after looking at the tape and all that. But I think he's going to be one of those guys that I champion for. Because I really think he's special. JJ, on the other end, I have him, I have him lower. And I think when I made this pick, I thought to myself, this is a franchise that is desperate for QB and is reaching because I think J.J. McCarthy is a guy that probably should go later in the first round, like very close to the 30s. Late 20s, I believe that's probably the best spot for him. Say late 20s for J.J.? Late 20s. I believe that should be the spot. But as he is a QB... I don't think there's any chance in hell he goes late 20s. No, I don't think as well. But I'm saying that, like, if we were just basing off of his talents and there was no, like, major major need... Because after J.J. McCarty, I think the class takes a big hit. I'm not saying that there aren't guys in there that have some intrigue. Uh, but none of those guys should go inside of the first round. So I think just the desperation of not having another guy after JJ is going to push teams to take him in the top 15 as I have him taking. But I don't think he's deserved. He, he's worthy of that. But yeah, you know, Malik Navers, this has been a bit, This has been a better discussion so far than you thought it was going to be, huh? Yeah, ah. for sure, for sure. I like it. Okay, let's move along then. At number seven, the Titans. I didn't give them a QB. And I think people will have issues with how low I go with Jaden Daniels. Uh, but it, I, I pondered them at six, but that's really the only thing. I don't think the Titans will go QB right now. But I have them going for Shanu. We're trying to the, uh, the offensive tech to tackle, yeah. So from Penn State. So here's the thing. Obviously, the Titans have replaced their old head coach. It is not. It is not Vrabel anymore. It is Brian Callahan. Brian Callahan. <laughs> so, and he comes from Cincinnati. My question is: Are the Titans locked in to? Will seeing Will Levis out, or do they make a big statement and go with one of the quarterbacks that are on the board, whether that be 
J.J. McCarthy or Jaden McDaniels, whichever one is there? I don't think so, because I think this is a, transact- a transition year for them. I think they will give Will Levis another shot at this job. Okay. And then next season, they will reevaluate here. I think they are a pretty heavy contender to move down to maybe like the Raiders, who have been rumored to move up. Actually, if this exact scenario happened, in which at seven, Daniels was available, I think Las Vegas pulls that trigger immediately to take Jaden Daniels. But as I didn't enable trades here. I just right, went right, with right. the flow. Um, but I think this is a year in which the Titans will want to push it a bit further. They want to get some contracts off their team, off their books. They want to get some pieces because I think that they understand that this team isn't really ready to bring in a rookie. Uh, the line isn't great. The weapons aren't really there. The defense has some holes. Like They are serviceable to decent, but not really that good. So I think this is the year in which they build around, they give Levis another season, and if it goes if it goes tits up, then next season they address the QB position because they are not at a position to take one of those blue chip blue chip guys unless you consider Jaden Daniels one, and I don't really think so, that they would be in that boat for Jaden Daniels right now. So let's say they let's say the scenario they can't trade down. You don't do you think they reach a little bit for Rome Undones? I can't say his name, I'm sorry. Odunze. No, no, I don't think so. I think tackle is more important for them. And I think overall Shano okay. is a better player than Odunze. Oh, I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. So I think, yeah. Fashano is is the pick here for me. I think Fashano is is a great pass blocker. He is not a great run blocker. But I believe he finished his career with zero sacks, zero sacks allowed over 29 games. So it's pretty good. Uh, he should come in at around 6'6", 320-ish. So the measurement should be okay. I think he will test fine. I think he has pro ball upside as a left tackle. Um, but Fashanu for me is, is not better than Joe Alt, But again... I don't think the difference is as big as it shows here. They are probably very close to one another. And he's a great a great pick for the Titans. And at number eight, the Falcons finally take the last QB that I think will be good from this draft. And they take Jaden Daniels. Will be really Wait, good what? from this draft. The Falcons take Jaden Daniels. Oh my. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think he is not on the Drake May and Caleb Williams level, but I think he's head and shoulders above JJ McCarty. So he is a no doubt top 10 pick for me here. I think he should go higher and he probably ends up going higher, but it, it's likely due to trades. And at this stage, like, the hype hasn't really gotten to most NFL circles. Now, there's mock drafts who have him, as you said, going the top two. I don't think that will happen, but I think <clears throat> by the time draft comes around, I think he goes top five without much of an issue. But yeah, I just have him going to the Falcons. That's the way he fell. Uh, I think... I think he is going to be very close to a Lamar Jackson. You think he's going to be Lamar Jackson? 
No, I didn't say it's going to be Lamar Jackson. I think he will be close to a Lamar Jackson. Close to a Lamar Jackson. Close to Lamar Jackson. I think so. I mean, it, in terms of like his measurements, he should be around 6'3", over 200 pounds. He's a senior, though. I don't necessarily love that for him. But, I mean, big-time plays is great at... Uh, he has 90 plays of 20-plus yards, so he's a big explosive play guy. Uh, he can buy you plenty of time for that. And one thing that is interesting for me is that he seems to have a very rapid release on all three levels. So he's immediately better than Justin Fields. Just being able to uncoil it very quickly and hit all every single three levels of the field. I think... He is a much better prospect than Fields was. Uh, now that you compared them earlier in the in this process to Fields, I think he's a much better prospect than he was. And I think, although he isn't pristine in every single thing that he does, like the top two guys, in my opinion, I think he's great and he is the best athlete of these QBs. That's fair. That's very fair, actually. Okay. And at number nine, the Chicago Bears again picking. They, they just drafted they, Caleb Williams. Who, who are they, they going to? They just drafted Caleb Williams, and they're gonna pair him with this one guy from Washington, Rome Odunze. Interesting. Yeah, it's not a fit I that I necessarily like love because I think he does a whole lot of things that DJ Moore already does in terms of explosive plays down the field. He had 32 catches of 20-plus yards in 2023, crazy which is the second this, most the FBS. But if you're the Bears, like you said you are the Bears. So if you're the Bears, would you rather, if you have to make the selection, wouldn't you rather go with one of... This is about where one of the edge guys should go. Wouldn't you rather go one of the edge guys or if you can't do that, trade up and get Malik Nabbers or Marvin Harrison Jr. Because that's kind of where mm. my mindset would be if I was the Bears. I, I'm either drafting one of these edge guys to go with Sweat, making the deep, bolstering that pass rush, making it better, or why would I go with Rome when I can just trade up, trade an extra, whatever, second, first, whatever it's going to take to get one of the top two guys? Mm. I could buy that, to be honest. Just moving up a spot or two, moving up to the giant slot, taking Malik Nabbers. And I think he would make that wide receiver core better than Rome because I think he would complement DJ Moore much better than Rome. Um, But I don't necessarily agree with Dallas Turner, which is my top hedge right now. I don't think that any of these edges should should go inside of the top 10. Actually, I don't have them going inside of the top 15. What? Edge yeah. rushers? The NFL? Edge rushers. Yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, and it's probably not going to happen. One of these teams is going to be enamored by them. But from everything I've been reading up, mm, I don't love this edge, edge class, to be honest. I have three edges going inside in the first round. Yeah, so I think this is tackle heavy. CBS, CBS has two edges going in the top ten. But how many in the, the first round? 
Uh, let's see. There's one. There's two. Offensive two. <laughs> Three. Four, five, five. Five. Okay, so I have three. The difference isn't huge. I just mm -hmm. don't think any of them sh has the qualities to go inside of the top 15 right now, uh, especially when I'm not making any sort of trade. So it's just like team needs and all of that. Right, right, right. Of course. But um, Dan Burglar, let me check what he has here in terms of edges. So he has no edge inside of the top 10 in terms of prospects. And he has only one from 10 to 20. So at least I'm in sync with this one. He only has Dallas Turner as an uh, as a edge inside of the top 20. He's at 12 in terms of prospects. So I wouldn't trust an edge guy here. Uh, if I didn't go wide receiver... I would probably look into either interior defensive lineman, interior yeah. defense, defensive lineman, or somewhere inside of the offensive line. Yeah, I'm not sure if center, because I believe they cut their center uh, this past week, or a guard or something like that. So I'm not sure if I would go to the trenches or just go inside. Uh, likely, if they sit inside of the top 10, it has to be trenches. It's way too high to go for the, the inside guys. But I think the inside guys are probably what they need the most. So, But yeah, I think wide receiver is the best position for them to go. And the third best wide receiver for me is Roma Odunze. Although he seems to be the sort of guy that I'm not necessarily going to love after I look at his tape. You don't think you're going to love Rome, Adunze? Yeah. I I don't necessarily think I will. Why? But it, it's to be seen because for, there's things in here that I've been reading up uh, that he isn't great after contact uh, out of the, the scrimmage line. Uh, that he... What more did I read on him? Oh, that he, his ability to play through contact isn't great. Um, at the top of the route. So he is a fluid route runner, which I seem to enjoy. But I don't know. I think there's points in his game that are going to push me back. But I, I need to watch the tape more to come to that conclusion for sure. It's just a hunch that I have right now. A hunch. Yes. Okay. After this one, at 10, I have, let me see if I don't plunder his first name, Taliese Fuaga, the tackle from Oregon State. And I this think the decision. 10? Yeah, at 10. Okay. And I think the oh decision. Oh my God, 6'6", 334 pounds, that's a big dude. He's a big dude. And uh, there, uh, the, uh, the decision here was between... Olu and Latham, if I'm if I'm reminding myself correctly here, uh, but um, Fuaga seems to be more of a run block type of guy, 
while Latham is seems to be a bit more of a passing block. So I think they are a team that's going to look into run the ball more. So that's why I took Fuaga instead of of Latham. Although I think Latham is probably the better tackle. Interesting. Yeah. And he has flexibility. I think he is someone that can end up being, uh, being played at guard. And with the amount of injuries that the Jets usually have at the O-line, I think that can come in handy. That is fair. <laughs> okay. The Jets need all they can get, especially on the offensive line. Like, if the Jets don't take an offensive lineman with this pick, they did something wrong. Yeah. Who does CBS have here? Uh, Telesi Fuaga. Okay. So we're in sync. <laughs> yep. Okay. So at 11, I have the Vikings going with the first cornerback out of the board. I have them going Terrian uh, Arnold. Is this who I'm selecting in the second round of the 32 league? <laughs> he might be. I think I think he's going to be a very good prospect, to be honest. I think he's very fluid <laughs> when it comes to speed. And I, I think he has great body control out of the line of scrimmage. So I think he's a guy... He reminds me a lot of Jalen Johnson, from what I've been reading up, from the Bears. Who is a very good cornerback. Um, I believe he had 17 pass defended and five interceptions in 2023. The 17 pass defended was an SEC, an SEC best. So I think he's a great player here from Alabama, and I think it's something that the Vikings need. Now, this might mean that I believe when I was making this draft that they retain Kirk Cousins. If they don't retain Kirk Cousins, they might go a different way. But I think Terry and Arnold is, is the picker for them, assuming they stay with Cousins. Yeah, Who does I mean, CBS I'm with have? You. I'm with you on this. Terry and Arnold. Okay, so we're in sync. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I actually oh, looked at no mock drafts of recent. It, it, the, the only mock that, draft it, that I... Don't worry, it's about to it's about to go off the rails. We're we're in the going off the rails portion of the. Uh, of I'm not the... sure. I'm not okay. sure because next week is gonna go against what I said prior, uh, in terms of talent evaluation, and it's gonna go. It's gonna prove my point in terms of like teams being desperate. But the Denver Broncos, after taking a major cap hit by releasing Russell Wilson, they are going oh. at twelve. <laughs> With JJ McCarty. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! I think it's JJ here. I think he's a guy who fits the um, the Sean Payton system. Who will do what Sean Payton tells him to do. It's, it's essentially will make the the quicker reads. Won't be playing hero ball. Will make the correct call. Um, just will follow the script, the game script that is given. And I think J.J. McCarty is a guy that might work with Sean Payton. Now, again, I think he's nowhere near close a top 15 talent in this class. But I think it's a team that is desperate for QB. He doesn't have one on the roster after they cut Russell Wilson. In terms of like long-staying QBs who have any sort of resemblance of being or any sort of hope of being a, a starter long-term in this league. So I think they bite the bullet, and they take J.J. McCarty here. 
I actually don't mind the selection. I think mm. that I think I think we're in a position in the NFL where there are a lot of quarterbacks coming in and there's a handful of teams that need quarterbacks. Quite honestly, I know we didn't do trades, and I know I've been talking about trades a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers tried to trade up. I'm not going to lie. That just doesn't seem to be their MO, though, is it? When have have we seen the Steelers do do that? I think they will look into the veterans market. Because I think they've drafted the guy late in the it was in the twenties and Kenny Pickett not too long ago. So I don't think you necessarily need to pull the plug on that and bring in another young QB to a QB locker room that is full with young guys. I think you need to bring in a vet and develop Kenny Pickett a bit more. See if you have anything in there. And if you if you're drafting JJ McCarthy here, if you move up to twelve, draft a guy like JJ basically implies that you are thinking that he's the starter and that just completely ruins everything that you've been doing with Kenny Pickett. So I think uh, a veteran is probably the best call here for them. All right. After that, now, fair warning, I don't have another QB going the rest of the first round. No Bo Nix, no Michael Penix, nothing like that. Oh, no, they do. Never mind. They do? Yeah. I usually like to have a guy, what I usually do in my mock drafts when I open up trades is like, for example, in the 30s, like 30 to 32, I like to project a trade of a team that needs a QB to move up into the first round and take them very late. Uh, just so that they can have the fifth-year option. In this case, I didn't activate the trades. Uh, but if I had, I don't think I would. I would be making that that call here because Bo Nix, Michael Penix, Spencer Rattler, Michael Pratt's none of those guys really bring any sort of confidence to me. Um, the only guy that I might think about taking a shot is Spencer Rattler purely because of the success that he had at some point back when he was with the other coach that then got rid of him for Caleb Williams, who I can't remind the name of. But he had some success in college at a point in time, so I think I would take a shot on him. Um, But outside of that, nothing really brings my attention here. So at 13... The Raiders. I I thought about a few players that could go with the Raiders. I thought about cornerback. There's a few guys that are interesting there for me. I thought about tackles because I have a big, not tackle run, but a good amount of tackles going uh, in the next few picks. So I thought about that. But in the end, I ended up going with talents because I think it's also a position of need for them. And I ended up selecting uh, Byron Murphy II, the defensive tackle from Texans. I mean, he had, and this is his first season as a full-time starter for the Longhorns. 
he had a team best 45 pressures and ranked number one amongst all FBS interior defensive linemen in pass rush in pass rush win percentage. So I think Byron Murphy the second. Oh, oh, CBS doesn't have Byron Murphy. No, he does not. Oh. They don't have Byron Murphy going in the first. Ooh. That's interesting because for most of the things that I've saw, he's usually touted as, as a top 20 prospect. So it's interesting that they don't have him. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of the positional advantage here. Isn't great because it's an interior defensive lineman. Yeah. So could oh, be no, that. Never mind. I just I skimmed over. Fire Murphy the second. Okay. They, got, they have him going much much later. Okay. Uh, yeah. Again, it's the position that he plays. But I think, although like his size isn't like freakish. I mean, he's six one, three hundred and eight pounds, which isn't bad. I think he's a good size. Um, but yeah, I think, example. yeah, I think his tests in the combine will make some noise. I think he's a guy that is super, super, super fast off the ball and off the line of scrimmage. Um, so I think he's a guy that's going to impress in the combine. I think he's a guy that can be a disruptor. And I think the the Raiders really need that right now because they have Max Crosby. Tyree Wilson really didn't do a whole lot and didn't develop a whole lot. Uh, but the inside of that line really could use some pressure. And if, if you're bringing in the pressure from Max Crosby, if you're bringing in pressure, pressure from a developing Tyree Wilson, that middle of the, the line of scrimmage can really open up for a guy like Byron Murphy and vice versa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely so at 14, a guy that I mentioned before, uh, I have the Saints taking J.C. Latham, the tackle from mm-hmm. Alabama. I think I think he's a better version from than Darnell Wright from last season. Uh, I believe Darnell Wright went top ten to the Bears last season. I think he is a stronger and slightly better version in terms of athletic athleticism than Dar- Darnell Wright was. So. I like him as a tackle, and I think it's a it's a need that the, the Saints have. I mean, the Saints have plenty of needs right now because it's a yeah, team that too. when you're looking at them, you need to think about, okay, they just need talent. That's it. Uh, because they need to to that's get right. ready. You know why when... that's right? Because they got, they got the quarterback down. They got the number one wide receiver down, you know. Yeah, um, no. It's because their cap situation is so bad that they really need to figure things out for when the other shoe drops. They need to be ready for that. So they just need players in every single position. Like, the needs is everything, basically. So, yeah, I went with Latman here. Or Latham, whatever you want to call him. Needs is everything. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the need is yes. Wow. Okay. Next one for me here with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going with what I believe it's their biggest need uh, that was pretty apparent throughout 
all of last season. Uh, I picked them. Nate. No. <laughs> you're keeping. You're still taking shots to my guy. I think this is a guy who I'm reaching a bit because even Dan Burglar has him as a guy outside of the top 20. But from what I've been reading up, this seems like the sort of guy that I will enjoy watching. And I'm going with Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson. I think his hips and his feet are just great in terms of like getting in and out of breaks and accelerating to top gear. I believe he only allowed one catch of 20 plus yards. He's 6'2, he's 185. So the frame is a bit of a concern. But I think he's a nimble guy, and I think he's a very twisty guy that can get to that top gear of acceleration really quickly with his hip. And it's something that I really look forward in cornerbacks is his hip movement and how fast he gets in and out of breaks. And I think Nate Higgins will be Wiggins will be a guy that I really like. Um, he's also a very effort effort guy, very high effort guy in terms of pursuit because he isn't great in terms of stopping the run. Um, but he is great in terms of having the effort to keep pursuing the plays and never giving up on plays. In fact, I believe he had two chase downs, uh, forced fumbles that saved touchdowns in 2023. So I think he's a special guy. Um, I'm picking him over other cornerbacks that I'm seeing that are relatively higher on burglars list because I think this is the sort of guy that I'll be, I'll be leaning towards. When, when looking at uh, like a good bunch of cornerbacks. Does CBS has him inside of the first round? Uh, yes. Okay, perfect. But way lower than I do, probably. Oh, God, yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought that would be the case, to be honest. At 16, it might have been... Oh, boy. One of the easiest picks for me, to be honest. Okay. Because at 16 with the Seattle Seahawks, I'm giving them Dallas Turner because one of our big needs is Edge. And I think he is probably the best Edge in this class, although I don't think Edges are great in this draft class. I think Dallas Turner is by far the best, and it's it's a need that they have. And it's something that will help, help Mike McDonald run his scheme. Uh, and after the same defensive or similar defensive success as he had with the, the Ravens this past season. So yeah, Dallas Turner, love the pick. I think it's a top, what, five easiest pick for me so far, or, or in this draft, this mm-hmm. mock draft period. Okay. Dallas Turner already went in this one. He went yeah. like 10 picks ago at this yeah. point. Do they have him going edge, though? No. They do okay. not. They have you going Jackson Powers Johnson. Oh, <laughs> it's interesting that you mentioned that name because at 17, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking Jackson Powers Johnson. <laughs> <That's fun. laughs> yeah, I think he's a guy that will fit the needs of the Jags because he's a guy uh, that played both guard and center, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he played guard for his first two seasons and then he flipped to center and he won the starting job in 2023 for center. Um, he was the fifth unanimous All-American 
in the school history and the first ever Pac-12 player to win Remington Award as the nation's top center. So he's a guy who played two seasons as a guard and then went on to become a center and just dominated as a center. So I like him a lot. I think he's a flexible guy and the the Jaguars have needs all over the offensive line and especially in the interior. So he's a guy that can be played in multiple situations and multiple positions. And I think that versatility is really important for the Jaguars here. So yeah, Jackson Powers Johnson here for me is the clear pick for the Jags. So this is now what? The second offensive lineman I've picked in the last four picks. And we are keeping up with this trend because at 18, I have the Bengals, your Cincinnati Bengals. Picking Amarius Mims, the tackle from Georgia. I'm just curious how many fucking like offensive linemen we can bring in and draft before the offensive line looks good. I'm just I'm I'm just curious like how how like much re, how many resources we have to invest in this before we figure it out. I think this guy is gonna is gonna bring you some joy. Now this is a tricky pick. Because this guy, although he's 6'7", 330 pounds, and he has great feet and body control, this guy has eight career starts. So it's a traits guy. Like, his starts were good at Georgia, but he's a traits guy. It's, it's, It's a gamble for sure. But I think if it pays off, I, I definitely think... He can give you top three tackle upside inside of this draft class, and you're getting him at mm-hmm. 18. But I think he's a great prospect. I think he has a very rare trait in terms of what he can do with his feet, how quickly they move, and how well his body moves as well. For a guy who's 6'7", 330, I definitely think he's a guy you can develop. And if it pays out, I think you beat the lottery with this guy. Oh, for sure. We need offensive line help. So actually, here is where uh, CBS had Brock Bowers going. Oh, okay. Yeah, I definitely don't think <laughs> it will it will fall this low. I think after he tests on the combine, I think the hype will go crazy. You think the hype will go crazy? I think so. Yeah. And now at nineteen, I have the fourth. Offensive lineman of the last seven picks. I'm going with Troy Faltanu from Washington to the Los Angeles Rams. Again, he's a guy who is versatile. I think he can play at both tackle and he can play at guard as well. Uh, Like, he has great agility in his lower body. Um, I think he's very athletic and he is a guy that is good in both the pass and the run. He's, he's not great in every single facet of his game. That's why he's going very close to the 20th pick, not closer to the top 10. But I think he's a versatile guy and a guy that fits what the Rams need, which is, again, talent after coming out, out of the, the stretch of having a bunch of free agents, getting big money. And now they need to get more talent here. And I think he's a guy that, with his flexibility, he is a good fit for the Rams because they do need offensive linemen as well. So, yeah, going with Trafaltanu, 
I think it is it's going to be a very solid guy for them. Do they have Trifalcon? See, it seems like there's a lot of good offensive linemen coming. Yeah, out that's of this class. that's the conclusion that I came to as well. I mean, I have what? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine offensive linemen in general going inside of the of the first round. So I think this is a very heavy offensive lineman class, which is good. And teams need that. You can never have too many offensive linemen. Yes, sir. Yeah. Do they have them? Uh, how many tackles or offensive linemen does CBS have in that mock? Just so I know if I'm in the ballpark or not. In the first? Yeah, in the first round. To this point... They have one, two, three, four, five, six. So where are we at? Twenty-one. Uh, we are at nineteen. We're going for pick twenty. Nineteen, pick twenty. So five. They have okay. five. They have a lot of guys that you're going now. Going like. 20 to 25, it looks like. Okay. So, yeah. Right now, I'm switching gears, and I'm going... I don't have another tackle being picked for the... Ne- or another offensive lineman being picked for the next 5-6 picks. So, at 20 for the Steelers, I have Quinian Mitchell from the cornerback from Toledo. I think they got... So, that's actually who they have the Colts taking. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he's a very good player as well. Uh, Again, I think Nate Wiggins is going to be more of a me guy than an actual, like, he is the second best corner in the whole class for me. But again, it's the me guy. Uh, And Quinian Mitchell is probably the second best overall cornerback in this class. He's from Toledo. Like, his size is okay. He is 6'1", 199 pounds. Uh, he was an All-American uh, with Toledo, which I believe it's the second ever player from Toledo to earn that uh, in back-to-back seasons. Uh, and I believe he set records for passes defended in a season and for passes defended in a, in a career with Toledo. So he's just a guy who likes to be around the ball a lot. Um, he can play off-man or in zone. Um, and he has great athletic talent to play all, all over the field. So I think he is a very complete cornerback. Um, again, would be the probably the second best cornerback if it's not for the me guy right there. Uh, I think he's great. I think the Steelers got a very good one in Joey Porter Jr. last season. And they add on to yeah. him with Quinion Mitchell on the other side. Yeah, that would make the Steelers secondary even that much better. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. They could use some help there. I don't necessarily think that the rest of the secondary is great outside of Menka. So just another body in there to help them out. And he's a good one. At 21 for the Miami Dolphins, I have the second edge going. So I have them picking Jared Verse from Florida State. Little nice story, guys staying in Florida, from Florida, from Florida State, staying in Miami. 
Um, to him, I just think he's like the second best edge in this whole class. It's between him or Layatu Latu. Layatu Latu. I believe that's how you say. I don't think he is what they need the most right now. But again, they are in that situation of like, they need a bit of everything because the other shoe is going to drop eventually with the amount of like free agent and big names that they got. They got Bradley Chubb. They got Jalen Phillips who will need a big contract soon. And Bradley Chubb constantly injured. I think Jared versus a guy who will look pretty well in that, in that Miami scheme. I think he's a guy who is going to test really great in terms of speed. At least that's my expectation right now. Uh, he wins with speed. He wins with power. He shows very good violence in his hands. And I believe there's there's a good saying in terms of like beat the ends, beat the man uh, when it comes to pass rushers. And I think he's probably an embodiment of that. So, yeah, um, he went to school. He got one single scholarship out of high school. It was to Albany. After that, he managed to transfer to Florida State, and he had 29 tackles for loss and 18 sacks in 25 games for Florida State. So, yeah, I think he's, he's a good player. I think it's it's one of the needs that the Miami Dolphins have, and he's the second best edge rusher for me. I actually don't mind that. That's... He's the second, he's actually the third best for uh, CBS, but yeah, they yeah. have Latu ahead of him, I guess. They have, yes, Latu. Yeah, that, those seem to be the big three right now. From what I've been reading, Turner, up. Latu, and um, going down, going down, and verse. Yeah, I don't have any any other edge outside of those three, so Latu is still to come. He's still on the board, but he's gonna get picked. Okay. But prior to that, at twenty-two, I have the Philadelphia Eagles, and probably their biggest need right now is cornerback. Uh, they really struggled in in passing, and uh, I think they need to have a player here. I was looking for someone for Georgia, and there was Kamari Lassiter. I'm not sure if that's how you say his name. Yeah, and he's from Georgia, but I think this guy is probably a bit better. Um, I'm going with Cooper DeGene from Iowa. I think he's a guy uh, that, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up suffering yeah, a leg injury in mid-November and missed the remaining of the season. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Is this the first white cornerback in the NFL? <laughs> I believe it's the second. I believe the Steelers got one last season. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, yeah, this guy is, yeah, he's, he's very white. But I've been reading that he's probably the guy who's going to establish that white players can play cornerback in the league. So let's uh-huh. hope. Let's hope and see. But yeah, I think he would go higher if he didn't suffer a leg injury back in, in November that ended up being season ending. Uh, because I think this guy is is great. I think he has natural anticipation in terms of coverage. 
uh, is rarely out of position from the, the bits that I've been seeing. Uh, and he also has, um, I think he's a great ball hawker. I think he likes to be around the ball and I think he has great ball skills. So I think he's a guy that probably goes inside of the top 15, top 16, if he doesn't get his leg injury. Uh, the leg injury hurts his stock a bit, but he falls to the Eagles, who usually seem to be the team who just gets those great values of players like who have some sort of issue. Usually they're from Georgia, but in this case, they'll be from Iowa. So I have them going with Cooper DeGene. Does CBS have Cooper DeGene instead of the of the first, first round? Yes, they do. Okay. Higher than me or lower than me? So we are at lower 22. than you. Okay. Okay. I actually agree where where they have Cooper DeGene going. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. That might be a place to which I have a cornerback going as well because I still have more corners. I how many corners do I even have in the first round? I have one, I have two, I have three, I have four, I have five, six. I have six corners inside of the first round. So this is a offensive tackle in specific. It's a tackle and cornerback heavy draft class so far. Oh, yeah, 100%. But before we get to that, at pick 23, the Texans, I have them going with Layatu Latu. Again, just... Yeah, nice. Yeah, the edge from UCLA. Again, they have some needs, but I think having an edge outside uh, on the other end of Will Anderson will do wonders for them. Um, and again, this is another guy very similar to Jared Verse, who has very live hands and who has very strong hands in terms of being able to defeat the blocks. I believe he has the FBS best, 24.6% pass rush win percentage in 2023. Now, he isn't a great run defender, uh, but as a pass rusher, I think he will he will look great opposite to Will Anderson. And it's probably one of their biggest needs right now because outside of that, they have like Jonathan uh, Grenard. And I believe he's going to be a free agent as well. So it's a chance to get another rookie in, another guy who seems to have a lot of potential. He's 6'4", 261, so I like the size. And I think he's a very he's gonna be a very explosive player. Oh. And we are now on the last mm -hmm. what nine picks of the first round? Yes. Okay. So at twenty-four, the Dallas Cowboys select Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. Really? Really? Yeah, 6-4, 205. And this will, will be on broadcasts a lot if he gets big to Dallas. But he's a former basketball recruit. Oh, no. That's, those are, are always the tad bits that one likes to hear. Um, just to mention another stat here. 2023, he had an FBS best 17 touchdowns, the most by a Power 5 wide receiver. Since Devonta Smith in 2020. So, yeah, I think his acceleration is very good to get on top of coverage. Uh, he has... 
I don't think he has the greatest separation. And that's usually an issue for me. But I think his cuts and his leverages open up his separation a bit more. Because I think he can he can leverage the defensive player a bit more in terms of getting himself open and doesn't necessarily need to rely on, on the, the route running. Now, that might be an issue because that's usually how guys like Quinton Johnson got got open. But I think he he's a guy from LSU, so they have a track record here. And I, I think I think he is a good fit for the, the Cowboys outside of opposite to CD Lamb. There were other ways that I could go with this pick, but I think wide receiver is probably a need because outside of CD at wide receiver, like Brandon Cooks didn't look great. Michael Gallup looks like a shadow of himself. And the rookies that they've taken of late, like Jalen Tolbert, haven't really panned out. So I think they need the wide receiver help. And Brian Thomas is probably a guy that should have gone earlier. I just haven't identified the need for him. Like, he's a guy that I pondered for the Cincinnati Bengals earlier before. Uh, but I still think they retained T. Higgins. So he lands here. Brian oh, they're Thomas. 100% retained T. Higgins. The last reports I have. Oh, sorry. The last reports I have heard from them is that they will franchise tag him before losing him. Yeah. So I think it makes sense. So Brian Thomas goes to the, the Cowboys. He's probably higher on CBS, no? Uh, no, he's not. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I thought I was lower on him than most would be. I guess no, not. They have Brian Thomas going to the Bills at 28. Okay. Oh, up next, uh, who do they have going to the Cowboys, though? Jordan Morgan. Oh, I believe it's not even someone that I have inside of my first round. I believe that, too, because he has the prospect rank of 61st. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a pretty, okay. big, that's a pretty big reach, honestly. That? That seems to be a very weird reach, but okay. He's he's a what in terms of position? Offensive tackle. Okay. Yeah, that's weird we have because there's to replace Iron Smith. Okay, because there's definitely other offensive tackles that I have ahead of him by quite a bit. But okay, he is actually mm. the last offensive tackle they have off the board. Oh, I still have two more. And one comes here. The Green Bay Packers, I have them selecting Tyler Guyton, the tackle from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. A very simple pick here. I think they needed offensive line pick. And from what I've been reading, they seem to be adding towards cutting David Bakhtiari this, this offseason. So Tyler Guyton is just it's the best tackle that I have left. Uh, he's the next man up for tackle. Yes, is your tep- typical to top twenty pick? I mean, he has some issues. He has he has positives. He has fluid hips. Uh, he is very raw in some areas. So positives, negatives. I just think it's like they need tackle, and he's the best tackle available. So they go tackle. Sometimes you don't really need to overthink these things. There's not really a, a whole lot of position that I I think they need enough in order to supplant a guy like Tyler 
Gaitan. So yeah, like maybe I could look into interior defensive linemen, but I just think the positional advantage of Gaitan is probably better. Okay, at 26. They have, they oh, have go Cooper ahead. Dijon going here, by the way. Okay. This is where they had Cooper going. At 25. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, if I had gone at, with a cornerback there, it's probably Kulhaid McKinstry. Which is a sick name, by the way. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Okay, 26, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Interesting. Okay, go on, sorry. I think think they will end up losing Mike Evans. I think think so, too. So I think they end up replacing him with Keon Coleman. Another thing I forgot to mention in the news, um, there are reports that Mike Evans and the Bucks are very far apart in negotiations right now. Yeah, I saw that as well. They seem to be a part in the number, the end of it. Yep. So with them missing out on Mike Evans, I think they go Keon Coleman, who is probably the closest thing left on this board to Mike Evans. He's six four, two hundred and six and fifteen pounds. And what I've been reading up on him, and let me know if this reminds you of anyone is that his best things are his dominance when the ball is on the air, his strength and athleticism, the way that he big brothers cornerbacks up and down the field, and how he overpowers defenders at the catch point. Does this remind you of every of anyone? Yes. Ooh. It reminds me of T. Higgins. And? Mike Evans. Yeah, so they go grab the next closest thing to Mike Evans in this class. So they just grab Keon Coleman out of Florida State. Like It just seems like a match made in heaven. Oh, you lose Mike Evans, you grab baby Mike Evans. So I don't think that they have him in the first round, now that I'm looking at it. Keon Coleman? Yeah, the, I I don't see Coleman here unless I missed him up earlier. Yeah, he's a guy that is usually like closer to the end of the first, beginning of the second. Yeah, they do not. Yeah, because there's Rome. They do not. How many what wide receivers do they have? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five. Okay, so I have one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. I have seven. So, bit of a difference there. Wrong. There might be six. One, two. No. Three, four, five. No, it's, it's five. Okay. Okay. So, close. Close enough. Mm-hmm. Next up for me here with the Arizona they Cardinals. Have next going here, by the way. They have what? Michael Penix Jr. going here to Tampa. Ugh. I think Michael Penix Jr. is terrible. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he the most accurate quarterback in this class? Hmm. Easy. I didn't really know that. 
He's that's even the, the most o- accurate. That's what I've. Been, that's the only. That's quite honestly the only thing I've been hearing about Pinnex is that he's the most accurate quarterback in this class. Hmm. I haven't been so far from what I've been reading up and the bits that I saw, especially from like the championship game. It mm-hmm. seems way different than that. I think he's a guy that he is a one-trick pony, which is throwing bombs deep down in the field and just having receivers coming out with the the catches. But like his mechanics seem to be terrible. His anticipation is nowhere to be seen. His reaction when under pressure is absolutely terrible. Plus, he has both knees with teared ACLs. So he has reconstructed ACLs on both knees. I don't like him at all, man. And he's a senior. And he's a senior. So you were seeing him like having a pretty great year, but it's like... He's what twenty two, twenty three versus guy who are like eighteen. It's always that that conversation when those guys are seniors. So twenty seven Arizona Cardinals. I have them going with Jerzon Newton. I believe that's how you say his name. The tackle from uh, the defense interior defensive lineman from Illinois. Now. Just looking at their needs, I think, and looking at the players available, of course, I think this is one of the best that they have. Uh, Dan Burglar has him as a, I believe he's the 30th best guy that he he has on on his big board. I just think he fits what they need right now. Um, They need the presence on the interior of the line. They have a few good pieces on defense. Just making but... sure you said Zer, you said Zer, I can't say his name. Zer, Zerzan Newton. Zerzan Newton. I believe that's yeah. that's how you. CBS actually has him as the second best. Uh, they have him listed as a defensive lineman, the second best of that. I'm guessing that's interior yeah. defensive lineman. It's the interior defensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he is also the second best for me. He's only behind Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, he is an interior defensive lineman. It's not a sexy pick. It's no, just it's just a guy that you sometimes need. Plus, I mean, one good stat about him. He combined for 103 pressures over the last two seasons, which is the most by any FBS interior lineman. I mean, it's just a solid pick. I think he will be a pick who won't disappoint you, won't be a sexy wow pick. But he's just going to be a very solid player. And at this point, like late in the first round, those sometimes are good enough. At 28, the Buffalo Bills. I have them going with a wide receiver as well. I have them picking Troy Franklin out of Oregon. So my mind is aligned with... um, with CBS, but I'm probably reaching on this guy. Yeah, but I'm reaching on this guy for sure. Like, his size is a major concern. Like, when I'm reading his profile across plenty of, of like, reports and all of that, he looks to be around 180 pounds. Uh. He is 6'2", but 180 pounds. So he has that lanky build. Same discussion with... uh... Devonta. 
Yeah, Devonta. Well, yes, but Devonta made at twenty three touchdowns at Alabama and was the Eisman winner, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So this guy is like from Oregon, and he has absolutely no awards to his name, as far as I can tell. But I mean, he's a very fast guy. He should have great forty probably uh, in the combine. He's a deep threat. For, for the Bills. I believe he has 8 catches of 40 plus yards in 2023 alone. So he's a big play weapon and this is probably what they need right now with Stefan Diggs not looking as sharp as before. Gabe Davis yeah. apparently made a Instagram post, a story, whatever uh, basically as a basic goodbye message to Bills fans today. But a very what? weird... yeah. But a very weird, like, goodbye message, which is, like, just him posting his stats and saying, bye, Bill Nation. So it's more like, look at me, I did all of this, and now I'm living. Uh, but, yeah, they definitely need wide receiver. And looking at the options available, I looked at Troy Franklin. I looked at Adonai Mitchell. I looked at Led McCon- McConkey, which, again, very white dude, to be honest. The widest of dudes, it appears to be. I looked at all of those guys, and I think the one difference maker here is Troy Franklin. Now, I can be wrong, and after looking at their tape and all of that, I might go back on that. But he seems to be a very explosive guy that can work with the big arm of Josh Allen to get those freebie plays sometimes. I agree. Yeah. They need they something. S- um, I don't know if I'd reach here. I, I don't. I don't. But I don't know how the Bills are going to address the wide receiver problem. Like, yeah. do you think they just go all in for Mike Evans if he hits? Free, well, when he hits free agency. Um. Interesting. Depends on the money. I'm not sure how their books are right now. I know they have some big contracts mm-hmm. in there that I'm not necessarily certain that they can get they rid of. They have to. They yeah. have to get a second wide receiver there. Wide receiver is their biggest need right now. So I was just mm-hmm. looking at guys that could stretch the field and could be that big play weapon while Stefan Dix takes some of or most of the interior and the short stuff while having um, Kincaid operate in the middle of the field. And Troy Franklin just seemed like the guy who fit all of those check marks. So yeah, Troy Franklin here. Bit of a reach. But it is what it is. I think he's a guy that probably looks very good in the combine. And we'll have some hype after that. If he can just put on some bit of a weight. Just chug water, my dude. Chug water. (laughs) I need you to come in looking 190. Like fat as shit. Because you're full (laughs) of water. But look like 190 pounds. (laughs) Okay. Next up, at 29, I have the Detroit Lions. I'm addressing one of their biggest needs, in my opinion, which was cornerback again. So I'm going with Cool Hayden McKinstry. Solid pick, I think. Killer name. And I think he's a very solid player. Uh, at this stage, it's like there's not like any sort of lock and loaded stars incoming. Um... And he did have like some production issues in this uh, 
2023, I believe his production was cut in half after leading the, the SEC in passes defended as a sophomore and starting for Alabama as a freshman. So very weird transaction in which you go from like starting as a freshman, being great as a sophomore, and then as a junior, like your production gets cut. Um, he's just a confident player, it seems. Like he believes that he can do whatever. Uh, and I believe Malik Nevers has mentioned to NFL scouts that McKinstry was the best cornerback he faced in college. So you mm. take that with a grain of salt, but it's still something to take in, into consideration at this point in the draft. So I'm just taking guys who might miss something here or there, but look to be overall solid players. And McKinstry seems to be that type. What does CBS have the, the Lions projected to take in terms of position? Cornerback. They have them, them taking Nate Wiggins. Okay, so the guy that I have a, a crush on. Great. Yeah. So he goes in the first at least. Okay. Next up for the Ravens. I'm going with another cornerback. Last one for this, this first round, which is Kamari Lassiter. I believe that's how you say his name which is a guy from Georgia. Now, Dan Burglar has him as the 44 best prospect, but I think cornerback is probably a need for the for the Ravens just building up on the on the um, the defensive help so that they can face injuries and all that and I believe corner was one of them or was one of the positions in which they didn't have a whole lot of that and could use the cheaper production. Uh, like, I think there's things with him, uh, that are not great. Like his speed is not great. He's good at best. Um, he plays zone, if I'm not mistaken, quite a bit, but there's things that attract me to him. Like his competitive nature, for example, his physicality. And I also believe, due to the physicality, that he can be that sort of hybrid player that we saw, for example, from Brian Branch uh, this past combine season, in which teams were were heavy on him because he had that ability to be the hybrid player due to the physicality that he had. So he's a guy from Georgia. Georgia guys seem to do well in the NFL. Um, And kind of insane. Yeah. And and, dominant the last two, three years. Yeah, and Georgia coaches, I believe, have been mentioning to NFL scouts that uh, Lassiter has a whole lot of leadership. Like he's a great leader, and has been an immense like help in terms of like locker room leadership this past season, or this past two seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he's just a Ravens type of pick. Like he's a guy who has some issues. But he's a leader, and he has he is very competitive, and he is versatile. So I think he will fit right in with the Ravens. So couldn't couldn't afford not having a Georgia player here. So here he goes. Outside, I only had one. So now it makes it two. Hmm. Okay, last two picks left. Yep, the Niners. What was the one thing that we said after the Super Bowl that they probably 
needed to look into adding offensive linemen. Offensive line. Yes. So that's what I'm doing. I looked at a couple of guys, and there was one that probably caught my eye a bit here. Uh, I'm trying to find just something here that I wanted to mention about him. Yeah, here it is. He's from Duke. And he's from Duke? Duke, exactly. And his name is Graham Barton. He is... He played college. Uh, he was a left tackle in college. But he, I think he translates a bit better to a center in the NFL. Now, this sort of versatility is why I picked him here to the, um, to the Niners. Also, I didn't really see a whole lot of tackles that made sense right now. So I'm going with a guy who can be a bit more versatile, who can probably wait in the wings playing other positions and just having depth in the offensive lineman and have Teron Armstead just uh, not Harmstead. Uh, the guy who they have as the tackle. I confuse those two. Uh, Trent Williams. And they can just have Trent Williams play the rest of the contract. Maybe I can't believe that he is just going to play for that much longer. So I think they have him there. He can play other positions, be versatile, serve as depth piece for them. And then eventually when... Um, Brent, Trent Williams, goes out. Uh, he can slot right in as a left tackle. So, the CBS mock has the Kansas City Chiefs ignoring all that and going for a pass rusher here, an edge rusher. Oh, great. I mean, it, it also makes sense. But I just, it who does. do they have as the edge? Uh Braylon Trice? I believe that, yeah, that's the name. He's from Washington, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. He had very good seasons in 22 and 23. I just I just don't think an edge goes here after those two because I really think there's a big tier gap between uh, Turner, Jared, Latu, and the rest. So I wouldn't really go with him, but I understand the appeal of him and I understand the fit because they are losing probably Randy Gregory. Um, they are lo- they have a few more important free agents coming up. I know Kinlaw is also a free agent, and uh, the guy that they drafted Drake Jackson two seasons ago uh, suffered an injury late in the season. They they had hopes that he would be more involved uh, with the defense. And as an edge, but it didn't really pan out a whole lot. Like, he sort of started hot and started to cool down a bit after that. So they are still looking for the answer at edge opposite to Nick Bosa. So I understand the fit. I just don't really think the player is, like... I think it's a bit of a reach right there. So wouldn't go with him. But I understand the fit. Finally... Pick 32. The Kansas City Chiefs select Adonai Mitchell, wide receiver out of Texas. Yeah, CBS has the same thing. Oh, same exact player. Nice. Great. I mean, his size is 6'4", only 192 pounds. So his BMI is probably not going to be great. Uh, 
his route running isn't great, to be honest. I think it needs a lot of tidying up. And he needs to clean up a lot of things because he's wasting a lot of movements when making his route. But he has a lot of fluid movement. And he has a lot of separation. He can create a lot of separation. I believe he had a 81.8% first down to touchdown rate in 2023. So he, he can really get open quite a bit. He's not the strongest player through contact, which is usually a red flag for me. Um, but his hand-eye coordination is pretty decent. And, and he, he is the great at the high point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a high point sort of wide receiver, so he can make plays at the high point with the football. So And having Patrick Mahomes will help. Don't yeah, worry. exactly. It's something that they need, and it's a compliment to that, to, to that wide receiver room. I looked at other players. Um, for example, Led McConkey, uh, the guy from Georgia, who's, a wide, who's the widest, widest wide receiver I've seen since Julian Edelman. But I just think he does a whole lot of things that uh, Rice already does. So I'm going with a player that complements that. Yeah. This this might go. This might be something we want to transition after the mock. But um, apparently, it's been made a fuss that Justin Fields is adding a bunch of Atlanta Falcons players like on Instagram, like. Drake London and Kyle Pitts and God, who's the Bengals safety that they just got? Freddie. Your guy. Yeah. Oh my God. Jesse I can't Bates. Remember. Jesse Bates. Yes. God, what? Man, my brain can't do forgot words. Forgot about Jesse Bates. Forgot about, you know, he's gone and I'm already forgot about him. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, Justin Fields is adding a bunch of Atlanta guys on Instagram, do you make anything of this? And what would you think? Obviously, it doesn't bode well for Atlanta getting uh, Jaden Daniels, but they would be better off with Jaden Daniels. Um, yeah, I also believe that he earlier today uh, he unfollowed the Bears on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yep. So there might be something they're cooking. Yes, for sure. I think it's a mistake but it's one that they will have to live with. I think Jaden Daniels is 10 times the player that Justin Fields was as a prospect, and he's probably still 10 times the player right now as a prospect, and Justin Fields is right now as a player. So I don't think there's much to be said here. I think Jaden Daniels would be a guy that can maybe lead that franchise for quite a while. Justin Fields is probably the guy that will have the Falcons sitting at, I don't know, the 10th pick next season. Wow. It is what it is. At least you'll have another year to talk about Justin Fields. More Justin Fields content, baby! Yeah, that's what we like for the show. Yep, and that but keeps Zach Wilson up. talk alive. Yeah, but Zach Wilson probably doesn't have a job next season, so that one has died down. But yeah, that's the mock draft. 1.0. First ever for the show. I think it uh, went pretty well. Yeah, probably. I Overall. think I need to find a way to make it slightly faster because ah! this episode <laughs> this episode is over two hours probably right now. No, easily over two hours, yeah. 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 
<laughs> I think we started at around it says it right six. Here, 155. Okay. Okay. I thought it was actually a bit less. Um, but yeah, two hours of show. I think I need to find a way to, to cut it down a bit. Uh, but I liked it. And I hope you guys liked it as well. And I hope you liked it, Angela. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I think it'll be more interesting okay. as I got some uh, results in and some combo, especially on the offensive players. But I think overall, pretty solid outing. Next next week, we probably have that already. Next week, we will have some combine results. Great. Oh, All right. Well, anything else to add on? Nope, that's the show. Get us out of here, Perfect. Alex. Well, as Angela used to say, there's a fancy, nice little donate button that you can click to help us out. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, if you're listening on the Spotify app, you can leave us a five-star review. That's the only one that we we accept right now. Uh, you can leave us a like. You can turn the auto-downloads as well. That really helps out the show. If you're listening on YouTube, just turn on the notification. Just subscribe. Leave a like. Leave a comment. Leave all of that things. You, we know... You know all of that, and you know what we like right now. Uh, if you want to leave us some feedback regarding the draft, who am I totally wrong on? Who did I basically just completely forgot about in this draft? And why does your team, uh, and why shouldn't your team be drafting this type of position? Just let me know. Let me get all of the eight. Let me know all of your thoughts. And as always, guys, talk to you guys next week. See you guys. All right.